Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. 43rd Ward Alderman Timmy Knudsen is here. Hello, Alderman Knudsen. How are you? Hey, Steve. Happy holidays. When I ask how are you, I am meaning how are you, because here's what I happen to know, that many of your colleagues are probably grateful that this week they don't necessarily have to work or work as hard because I'm not sure aldermen truly ever have many days off. However, so many of your colleagues have some upper respiratory thing going on. So you should be happy that you're not at City Hall, maybe. And, you know, if I if my voice sounds like there's respiratory, it's just from me yelling to my nieces for the past few days. I, I, I feel great. And I'm using this week as um, a vision week, looking into next year, everything we want to get done in the 43rd Ward and for the city. Well, I hope you're not yelling at your nieces about politics. And we were talking. Oh, it's, it's good yelling. It's a lot okay. of playing. OK, good, 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 good. <laughs> so uh, our news click for tomorrow, the John Williams news click is, how do you think Mayor Johnson is doing? And the choices are, and I, I want you to answer the question we had Paul Vallis on earlier. You can guess what his answer was. Uh, But your choices, considering the obstacles, he's doing great. He's done adequately. Not as good as I had hoped. I'm disappointed. Or he's in way over his head. Which is your choice? Oh, wow. A multiple choice on this one. You know, it's obviously more gray area than this. I believe that in this campaign year, which is very much a first year, he's definitely done adequately on pushing his priorities, his stated priorities. I think now in this year coming up, outside of a campaign year, we really get to work and see how he's going to lead on on all the city's broader issues. You know, we had a text that came in, Alderman, that said this is not the mayor's fault. I don't know what this is that this texter was referring to. Uh, it really is about the aldermen who are at fault. Uh, how do you reply to that? Uh, and in part, I want to jump in there before you answer and say, I think there's a misconception that even residents in Chicago have as to how much aldermen can really do, how much, quote unquote, power aldermen today, not in 1962, but today truly have. Can you comment on that? Yeah, it's interesting. It's a, an abstract question in a lot of ways. I, I do think that with our positions, we have the power to influence. There's certain things that we can be hyper-focused on and, and push. I've got my goals for the administration next year, but I've also got my goals in the ward. And in the ward, we can do a lot on the ground that I think positively impacts people's lives in a way that they can see. All right. What are your goals for the administration? You know, I, looking into it, it is that vision week, right? I, I really want to um, uh, focus in on business this next year. I think that with all the changes in this past year, there's parts of the business community that feel a little bit disenfranchised, maybe away from the table, and it's a perfect time to bring them back. Uh, Steve, we've talked about it before, but I came from the business community. I was a lawyer, mostly in, in venture capital, and I do think that Chicago as a city has such a space right now where we can double down on job creation, companies of all sizes, 
making sure that everyone has a voice. So I'm going to be leaning a lot into different business initiatives in 2024. But right now we're talking to Alderman Timmy Knutson, 43rd Ward, which encompasses Lincoln Park, part of Old Town Alderman as well. Uh, yeah, we've got Old Town Triangle and, and the lakefront and the Gold Coast as well. Yeah, yeah. So you're a hunk of the city. Uh, so, oh, gosh. there was So here's where I started. We were talking about businesses, small businesses. And uh, there's a problem right now where we've got people literally, criminals, driving into with stolen cars, these small businesses, right through the window. They grab what they can, and they're picked up by their friends in another stolen vehicle. And this is happening all over, not to mention shoplifting being, uh, some say, at an all-time high, not to mention other issues with businesses where they feel they have to hire security guards. They were told by Mayor Lightfoot back then to do so. That costs money. If you're a small business, why even stay in Chicago? Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a ton of reasons to stay in Chicago. We have such a diversified business economy, yet what you're hitting on the head that's so true is is business and public safety are are linked on a, on a big scale when a company looks to moving to chicago they want to make sure they're moving a workforce into a city that they feel is safe um so we need to continue making that argument on a small scale steve i'll tell you a few things we've been doing in 43 we've been doing a lot of business corridor walks with our police officers and, and bringing them into small businesses. Our small businesses asked for this, and we delivered. We've even brought in some stationary call cars. I think it's very important at, a, at an on-the-ground level that these business owners know the officers that are assigned to cover their area. It's at the root of community policing. It's community type of communication. It's something we're pushing hard in 43 right now. Why only 43? I mean, all 50 words should be, and in fact... Uh, the new police superintendent has talked about this, so maybe this is in the process of happening. Uh, mayor Johnson, when he was running for mayor, talked about this, uh, as did Paul Vallis when he was running for mayor, too, uh, of getting more police on foot into the community, getting to know the community. Uh, part of the issue, I suppose, is we need p- more police officers in the first place. Yeah, and, you know, this past budget created a route to civilianization, Um, of officers, bringing back retired officers, having them handle certain jobs that are at the desk and making sure that our sworn officers at the moment are out on the streets. There's a little bit of an efficiency movement happening that when Superintendent Snelling came for his hearing in front of the committee that I sit on public safety, I asked him quite a bit about. I do think that that is the route to getting back to community policing style beat integrity, where all the beats in the city are officered in within those areas. So we've got, I think the number is 26,000 migrants or some such number uh, in Chicago. I mean, my, my gosh, that's an entire suburb or city. When you look at the population, right? 26,000. That's a lot of people. Not to mention, I think 35,000 in Denver, over 100,000 in New York City, on and on and on. It's a national issue, I know. But looking at Chicago, greatly, people do want to work. That's what they want to do. Uh, now there is finally, as I understand it, a, a, a way for them to do that by filling out certain forms they can get work permits. First of all, is that true? Secondly, if it is true, I'm told, sometimes by the migrants themselves, that these permits are not easy to fill out, and they're not even in Spanish, which most of the migrants are more comfortable with than English if they could speak or read any English. But they want to work, and at the same time, you have restaurateurs and other businesses, too, that want to hire. So Am I wrong? We're missing something here. 
Yeah, you know, they want to work and they want to work immediately. I think that it's pretty telling that, you know, I did a lot of pro bono asylum work when I was still at my law firm. Um, One of my clients who uh, was a a gay Russian man who had been physically persecuted in Moscow um, came here, overstayed his visa, kept doing jobs. His employment authorization for a clear-cut asylum claim often took several months. Those several months are so key because when people get here, they want to work right now. And I know a lot of great work is going into expediting permits at the moment, but these are very hard to fill out. Um, You know, the U.S. government um, generally doesn't do user-friendly forms in a lot of dimensions. It's definitely not user-friendly when it's being done bilingual. That being said, I know a lot of attorneys and even just, just not attorneys, but bilingual people who are really on the ground helping filling out these these forms for people so that they can get to work immediately. We've got plenty of jobs in Chicago at the moment. You know, the, the hotel association announced right. that they've got over a thousand jobs and these are great, good paying jobs. It's really up to us in coordination between the state and the feds as well to get our migrant population in a place where they can fill them. All right. But I, I was told by Paul Vallis and others have said the same thing that Chicago being, and I don't remember the expression. It's a city that can make its own decisions like a state can. I, I don't remember the legal term for this. Uh, and it's been used over and over and over and over again over the years for all sorts of things. That Chicago, on its own, doesn't need Illinois, doesn't need the U.S. government to create its own forms to allow this to happen. Is that not true? Well, home rule, I, I yeah, believe that's it. Home that, rule. Thank it, you. It, it, it only goes so far. That's not to say that we can create laws that directly conflict with the state or federal government. We can't. We can create laws um, that, that you know, the states and feds don't have, have on the books, but don't conflict with those things. And on this issue, which is a federal issue, immigration is 100% a federal issue that we are responding to. We absolutely need collaboration. That's why the calls right now are all calling, you know, um, we've had letters. Um, Governor Pritzker's been advocating to President Biden. There's a ton of advocacy happening because this is a crisis. We started 10 steps behind, and we're just trying to catch up. Okay, but you still haven't directly answered the question, and maybe you don't know. Why can't Chicago, as many have said, just create their own forms at being a home rule city, say, this is our rule, at least for now in Chicago, you, for at least temporarily allowing you to work? And uh, lawyers have said that can be done. I mean, my understanding of home rule is it does not allow us, again, it does not allow us to pass laws that directly conflict with government, with federal laws and federal initiatives. And us having our own plan related to immigration would do so. Again, I'm putting my lawyer hat on here, Steve. I'm sure a bunch of different lawyers have a lot of different views on this. But what I'm telling you is we can't just pass everything we want, even under home rule. I've seen it under other pieces of legislation that I'm pushing. Okay, another. some of these are text questions, and one of those questions, and we only have a minute left. I wish I had more time with you, Alderman, uh, because it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, (laughs) You too, Steve. The question is about you, not you personally necessarily, but your colleagues who don't seem to be acting civil to one another all the time. I mean, really, Emma Mitz? I've met her. I know her a bit. A classy lady pushing her out of her, not allowing her is a better way to say it, into the room, you know, and she's not young. I mean, what is this going on here? And I know she was apologized to, et cetera. I don't need to name names here that have all been in the news. But 
what's 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 happening with the fifty of you? Yeah, Steve, just to hit the first part first, you're always welcome to ask personal questions of me. I'm an open book. Uh, what I'll say to respond to the general question, and, and agreed, I, I love Chairman Mitz. I give her a big hug every time I see her. It was a, a terrible moment for counsel that then was written about a, nationwide. To some extent, there is a new batch of aldermen in that are pretty dedicated to doing things differently. Um, you know, coming in, we, we vowed to do things differently, and now we really need to remind ourselves that going forward into this first non-campaign year, in many people's terms, that it's time. We've seen a lot of things happen in the news of Chicago in the past few weeks that show, you know, aldermen that were in office for more than 50 years getting indicted on things. Yeah. We need to bring in a whole new style. And, uh, Steve, if you want to have me back on, these are things I'm going to be talking about. We need to be talking about things like term limits. We need to be talking about things like professionalism within this body. My, my belief in term limits is that when people are here for too long, toxic, toxic liquid comes into the well. We need to change that, and I'm dedicated to pushing it. Well, I am also an open book for you, Alderman. In my case, it's a short story, but nevertheless, it's an open book. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much, and I'm sorry to cut you short here. We're out of time, but I promise to have you on again. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much, Steve. Happy New Year to you and your family, and don't scream too much. You too, and Happy New Year to all your viewers.